everybody. Welcome to Hey Watch This. I'm Paul Goebel. I'm David Bax. Getting a late start today. And for yeah. once, it's my fault. Yeah, for once, it is your fault. But Not also, can, I, can I shine a light on some behind-the-scenes stuff? Oh, that's why people listen. They love well, that. Because you were late, I was here. Uh, so I was here when you showed up. Right. And you showed up more garbed than I'm used to seeing you because you do the show in your shorts and undershirt right. all the time. Right. I, and, I came in fully dressed, shoes, yes. shirt, and everything. And so even though we're in a rush, you took the time yep. to strip down to your podcasting... My uh, uniform? And you added, You also took the time to add a crown or, <laughs> well, a, or a king hat. A king hat, as Paul F. Uh, Tompkins would say. Bit, yeah. Well, uh, I want to be comfortable, and so there's no way... I mean, we're going to be doing this for about an hour. If it was just, oh, hi, David, here's that thing you came over to borrow... You know, and I give it to you and you leave. Uh-huh. But I got, I got to settle in for an hour. You know, the time we did it at your house, you know, right. that I was fully dressed. Yeah, you, you had to be. I wouldn't have let you in. <laughs> but I got to be comfortable. So it's okay. a good show. Um, what did you what did you do this week? Anything good? Uh, celebrated uh, Hanukkah and my sister-in-law's birthday last night. So it was a, a lot of... Eating and drinking and nice. giving and giving gifts. That was a lot of fun. Uh, nice. With my wife's family. So that means your kids, if you eventually decide to have some, will be Jewish. That's the way that works, I'm told. Yes. Wow. That's um, crazy. But Now, will you hate them the way you do other Jews? <laughs> it's not going to be something that I have to worry about. Uh, uh, well, yeah, I guess that's uh, that's the main thing I did. But well, I, it's so, the holidays. Um watched Friday night's Amazing Race episode. Pretty great. Made, made me, as much as I loved this Adventure Time episode that we're going to talk about today, actually, yeah. I really did. I did too, actually. I kind of wished that I had picked the Amazing it Race. It was so good, was, it might as well have been the finale, because the finale so is... Tense. The finale is not going to be able to be as good as the yeah. penultimate. Yeah, I, I'll tell you, like, when my wife and I watch TV, we have... We have like one of those couches that has like a, a a chaise on it. It's like an L-shaped thing. You know what I'm talking uh-huh. about? It's a, it's a big couch. Sure. We sprawl out is what I'm saying. Okay. We we sprawl out. By the end of this episode, we were both sitting bolt upright. Yeah. Watching the, like the way that I never, I always watch TV kind of laying down. <laughs> because the thing, for those of you who don't watch The Amazing Race, the, you know, the brilliance in that show is the editing. Because yeah. they create drama and, and events that simply don't happen when they see that it's close for who's going to come in last. Generally, it's not close at all. Yeah, and if you've watched long enough, you can kind of pick up on some clues as to, like, you know, you can see if, where yeah. the sun is in the sky or, like, if some, sometimes <laughs> it'll, like, look like it's close, but then by the time the second team gets there, the first team has already left the map, which you realize, okay, so they've... they've yeah, they're long gone. So, so but I think this actually was... My, my yeah. gut tells me this was pretty close. Well, and timing-wise, because... It was that, you know, one team uh, was late because they went to a wrong area and they were running late. And then, spoilers, when they got to the mat, they incurred like two huge penalties, almost an hour penalty where they had to wait. So they're an hour behind for sure. They also did a great job of uh, letting us know earlier in the episode how long that second challenge took, that it was a 20-minute thing. It was a 20-minute challenge. So we knew, okay, they've done this. It, no, it wasn't even a 20-minute challenge. It was a 20-minute wait between challenges. If you didn't do it the first time, you had to wait 20 minutes to reset. I think that's what no, it no, was. No, no, they, they made her wait 20 minutes because the other one had started. My, oh, my, my, my feeling okay. was that it's about 20 minutes. But you, but, because she got it on the second one, so we know it says much as 40 minutes, and they also let us know it's a 10-minute cab ride. They okay. got a 55-minute penalty. Right. So you can do the math and say, I think they can make it. Like, exactly. They can. And so, when their yeah. cab driver got lost... 
and they had to switch cabs, you realize like yeah. that's that's probably what did them in. Like if their if their first cab driver had gotten them there on time, yeah. my gut tells me they would have beat the green team. And they showed they showed like clips from last week when they were doing that balloon thing and because that one team is young, beautiful women uh, and they were in India. Every fucking guy and child oh, right, wanted to yeah. fuck with them right. and pop their balloons and, and shit like that. You saw what a hard time they had just because they're young, beautiful women yeah. and people won't fucking leave them alone in other countries. That was, it was really I mean, not that fascinating. Not left alone in America either. Still, um, it's worse. Well, that is, that the point, like, no, 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 no. The point I'm making is all the men and older women were left alone. Right, yeah. That's the point I make. Whereas young, beautiful women, just like just like here in other countries, they are not left alone. Not not because they're young and beautiful, but because they're not covered up the way people are used to seeing. I will say this: uh, I don't know if we have any listeners in India, but every I've watched The Amazing Race almost since the beginning. I've gone. I've seen, I've seen almost every season, and there's a part of me at this point has been trained when we find out oh they're going to India. I kind of cringe a little bit because yeah. I know. Pretty much every time they go to India, women have been harassed, groped yeah. on the train, or this kind of thing. Yeah, like, it does seem like it's a. It seems to be a problem, and I don't want to. Be, it is a problem. Uh, politically incorrect, but I, I I do think the Amazing Race does maybe show yeah. uh, a bad side of India because I always get a little uncomfortable even finding out they're going to go to India. But uh, you know, uh, as a guy who worked on that show, you know, in a very limited capacity. You know, part of what the show is about, the whole philosophy of the show is look at these parts of the world and how these people live. And that's that's the way they live over there. You know, when they show a million of them hanging on the outside of the train. Yeah. It's not a joke. That's how these people live over there. When there's fucking cows and everything in the street, every, you know, and then just dudes sitting in the street and babies. Well, the worst is like whenever they're in Thailand or someplace like that and it's a dude and his wife. And oh, their baby on, on a, a fucking scooter. My yeah. wife and I were just, Mrs. Helen and I were just talking yeah, about that. Yeah, that's like insane. Whole family on a motorbike. Yeah, it's insane. How many people do you think are killed like that that we never hear about? But that's how life is over there. So, uh, in a way, and they probably, I'm sure all the women are told, you're going to get felt up. You're going to get harassed. So, it's your call. Yeah. And, like, I remember once I was watching, uh, one, or I was, I was working there one season. I'm watching the footage. And, there, and uh, they were coming someplace that was like... Uh, communist country or something Uh and one of the guys on the show had like a bunch of piercings had plugs in his ears and in his nose and stuff and they were all told this is a very conservative country so if you have crazy shit in your face and your hair tone it down please and he did he took out his plugs and put in clear ones Mm -hmm. so they wouldn't hold up but they don't show that on the tv obviously and i'm sure all the women get notes that say you know either cover up or get harassed that's how it is here so that and that's what you sign on for when you do it. That's but you're right; it's yeah. gross to watch, and it kind of sucks. It was a great episode, without a doubt, and I can't wait for the finale. But a part of it, like, I mean, I love because Justin and Diana are clearly the villains, right? Sadly, and really, yeah. just Justin. I actually kind of I feel really bad for Diana because mm. he, he's a, he's a great he's great to her when things are going well, and yeah. the second they're not having a good leg. He turns on her, and it's it's. Well, he's a child. That's their relationship. He's yeah. he's obviously got he's on the scale somewhere. So he yeah. reacts and acts like a child. He is elated to the point of annoyance when he's happy. Yeah, and he won't shut up and stop complaining when he's uh, upset. Yeah, 
But she enables that because she's like his mom. She's not just his girlfriend. <laughs> you see that. She takes him by the hand and supports him just like a mom does to a boy. So that's that's obviously their relationship. Yeah. So, but I find it funny that they become the villains. They didn't start that way. No. It's just that he's so annoying. Yeah. They made them that way. Yeah. And so it's... Um... I'm, I'm torn about them being in the, like a part of me so wanted to see them have to sit there and watch Tiffany and uh, that would have been and, great TV and just to watch Justin cry. I would have relished seeing that guy cry. Yes, uh, about it. But the other part of me says that knows it's good television is like, well, now you've got the bad guys in the final race. It's like mm-hmm. my favorite season of all time, season seven, <laughs> uh, when you had Robert Am- Robin Amber. Yep, uh, and I, I like they were. Deviant, you know, devious. Yeah, I wanted them to go home, but a part of me, it's a better. It was a better season because Robin Amber were in it right. the whole time, and then of course didn't win. Yeah. That's also important. Yeah. So I want Justin Diana to not win. The other thing I noticed about this episode, last thing was, uh, like when uh, they couldn't do the challenge, the the girls couldn't do the challenge over and over again. She was clearly getting frustrated and about to give up. It's so obvious that somebody said. Well, you never know. A lot of times people can incur a penalty and they have to wait. Uh-huh. So it's not always smart to give up. Wink, wink, wink. Yeah. And they went, oh, shit. All right, let's fucking do it. But that was um, before that, I think, would have happened. Um, the way that Tiffany, I, I cannot remember the name. Was it Who's the one who couldn't find the fish? I don't know. I think like it starts with a K. Kelsey it's the one Kylie. girl and the other girl. Kelsey or Kylie or the, something like that. The cheerleader um, and her friend. Uh, the way that Tiffany was so encouraging was like... It's very heartwarming. It's the kind of absolutely. It's the way that I would like to imagine I would behave uh, yes. on the amazing. Well, and it's nice to see the because there's always one or two token hot girl <laughs> couples, and many times they're cheerleaders or dancers or whatever. I, I like King's Ice Girls, <laughs> right? Yeah. And in this case, uh, it was them. But it was nice for a change not to see two of them who are complete idiots <laughs> and rude and constantly worried about their makeup. Right, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, they These were two girls, a good team. Yeah, they were an amazing team, much like the race itself. Yeah. So, all right, well, that's the show. Um, <laughs> here's what happened to me this week. First of all, I watched this new show on uh, Netflix called Real Rob with Rob Schneider. No, I don't know about It's this. an original Netflix show. And when I went to watch it, it's premiered this week already three stars on Netflix. Out of how many? Five. Oh. But that means, like, in a week, everyone who watched it in a week said no. This is just barely watchable. Three stars. That means even he didn't watch it and go, fuck yes, and give it five stars. I mean, when you have a show that premieres, you tell all your friends and family and fans, right? Hey, yeah. watch my new show. So we get a bunch of buzz. Three stars on Netflix? So did Rob Schneider get a Netflix show as part of Adam Sandler's Netflix contract? I wouldn't be surprised. But it's a phony reality show. He plays himself. And Jamie Lisso plays himself, and he's his agent, and he's a comic. And I'm pretty sure his wife plays his wife. Because okay. I, I don't know if you remember his other sitcom, Rob. Very uh, short-lived yeah. on CBS. Uh, upset on exclamation point. Rob, right, because he's yeah. married to a Mexican woman. That was the premise of the show, her giant Hispanic family and what it's like being part of it. So this chick who plays his wife on the show is this Hispanic woman who cannot act. So I assume it's his real wife. <laughs> But it is so fucking unfunny and annoying. It is so clearly the death knell in the in the fucking coffin of Rob Schneider's career. I mean, when you are are so fucking uh, uninteresting that they don't want to put you in Grown Ups Two. Was he not in Grown Ups? He was not in Grown Ups Two. 
So uh, that was amazing me. I had to I had to talk it up. And I want to talk about Jessica Jones again because I've watched a few more episodes. It is, I tweeted this and it's true. To say that it's the best female driven show around is an insult, mm-hmm. obviously, but it's 100% true. Because every guy on the show is a supporting character, is a sex object, mm-hmm. or is just eye candy. There are no lead dudes on the show except for David Tennant, who's, of course, the bad yeah, guy. Yeah. You got Jessica. You got her best friends uh, and uh, foster sister. You got the uh, Carrie Ann Moss. You got Carrie Ann Moss's ex-wife and the chick she's banging. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got... And then, and then you know, Luke Cage and these other characters don't exist without their relationship to the female characters. Right. And it's fucking great yeah. to see. And... Uh, I don't know. I wish my kids would watch it, but they're too dumb. The other thing is, and this shows how where Marvel finally has gotten the superhero thing right, and uh, and by Marvel I mean the studio, Marvel and Disney, not necessarily Disney, but yeah. the Marvel studio. Whereas other studios like Fox and Sony still don't quite get it. Luke Cage and Jessica meet. She already knows who he is. You find out later, but they meet. And they like each other. And it's already been established she has superpowers. She's very strong. And they're they're having sex in the first episode. Yeah, yeah. And they do that whole thing where and he, he, she's like, I won't break. And he says, yeah, you will. Now, obviously, I knew he's Power Man. He could fuck her in half if he wanted to. But not her because she's also... I don't, he might be able to. Because okay. he's... Whereas she's superpowered, he's literally indestructible. Oh, like, okay. you can't break his skin. So he would probably not tire out, whereas she would. Anyways, that's kind of gross. Anyways, uh, later on, you find out, even if you don't know who he is, you find out that he has superpowers. Guy tries to cut him with a bottle and doesn't even break the skin. And he even shows her, he says, here's the deal. Pulls out a fucking, like a a table saw Uh and goes on his stomach. Fucking sparks (laughs) everywhere. And it's great. So then they go out and have lunch. And she goes, so... Or he says to her, so what happened? And she goes, accident. And he goes, ah, experiment. That's it. That's the whole origin story. And the truth is, when Jessica was a kid, she was in a car accident. A bunch of toxic shit spilled on her. Superhero. Uh, Luke Cage, he submitted himself to experiments to get money. And this is what happened. It's the way it is in the Marvel Universe. People just sometimes have these powers. Some are born with them like mutants. Some are some don't have powers. They use a suit. Not and, mutants. In the Marvel Universe. The yeah. Marvel Cinematic and TV Universe, they're not mutants. Well, they don't... I don't even Fox, think they exist in, the, in no, that universe. Fox owns the right. right. That's why, like... They had to explain Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. Yes. In Ultron as having been changed by that's Loki's bullshit, scepter though. because they can't use the word mutants because Fox owns it. But, yeah, that's bullshit. But there's, I mean, they st- there still are people who were born with those powers in the Avengers universe. They just don't refer to them as mutants. But the point is they there's always been that distinction in the comics with the anti-mutant sentiment. Mm-hmm. And then people, because everyone loves the Avengers, they're heroes. Right. But everyone hates the X-Men because... They're others, you know, yeah. they're different. So that's one thing in Marvel that they do in Marvel that no one else does. No other superhero stories do. And in Marvel, they get it. No one's fucking in love with these origin stories. We don't need a 90-minute Fantastic Four origin fucking story uh-huh. anymore. The next time I see a superhero movie and it tells me a fucking origin story, I'm going to kick it. I don't know what that means, but I am going to 
somehow find out how to kick that movie, and I will kick you know, it. Before you kick it, you have to ask a Tribe Called Quest permission. <laughs> <laughs> um, and here's another thing. I just interviewed for, well, I didn't really interview, but I just went to this thing at a, at a network that I, that I won't name. And clearly I was the oldest guy there. And I mean, like, I stuck out like a shit in a shit bowl. It was, everybody there couldn't have been older than 25 years old. At one girl, I swear to God, I could have sworn she was the overly aggressive girlfriend. You know that meme, overly oh, yeah. attached girlfriend? She <laughs> yes. looked just like her. I almost asked her, are you overly attached girlfriend? Because she looked just like her. Um, but it was all these kids who want to get on camera. So it was fine. But we're talking about, like they said, everybody introduce yourself and say what your favorite show is. And I started to talk about Jessica Jones and why it's so great. And I said, case in point, that origin story, that scene. And they all started going, no, no, I haven't watched it. No, no. And it reminded me why... People in their 20s can go fuck themselves. <laughs> it, because I've always said, are you a... F-? I, say, I said right there, I go, okay, when you kids want to put on your big boy pants and talk about TV, come to me. Until then, go and watch your shows. I said to all of them. <laughs> but the truth is, first of all, a grown-up whose brain is fully formed and can function appreciates things on different levels. Uh-huh. Not everything has to be a surprise to be great. Oh, yeah, yeah. A grown-up can enjoy more things than a game of fucking peekaboo, okay? (laughs) If you are so limited in the way you enjoy things that everything has to be a fucking surprise, I feel sorry for you because you must hate Christmas. Because from the the age of five on, there is no surprises in Christmas except maybe your present. And even that, for some people, is not a surprise Uh because they know what they're getting. Here's an envelope. Merry Christmas. I have a feeling I know what's in there. (laughs) You know what I mean? So if you're, first of all, if if you're a fucking child and you can't enjoy things without them being spoiled, that's on you. Second of all, studies have shown, science has proven to us that spoiling a show affects your enjoyment Zero percent. That's true. There is no way that spoiling a show will affect your enjoyment. Now, I will say that when I got to the end of the second season of Survivor's Remorse, uh-huh. are you watching? No, I never watched any of it. And Mike Epps's character was in a fucking accident and died. Uh-huh. I went, holy shit, I did not see that coming. And it was really effective. But it was mainly effective because he was so great. Lying there in the street. And also because even if I knew it was coming, because eventually, you know, if you watch enough TV, you realize when someone's in a car driving and you see out the window, the side window, (laughs) you know what's going to happen. And especially when he drops a joint and reaches down to grab it. I I get what's going to happen next. But it was the fucking drama that came afterwards that made it so great. And, And so, you know, fuck you. And three... Even if you don't like things, even if you don't like things spoiled for you, why are you such a fucking baby about it? Why do you put your hands over your ears and go, no, 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 please, no spoilers. I'm two years old and if I hear the end of a movie, I'll pee myself. (laughs) Fuck you. Grow up. The least you can do is say, you know what? I haven't watched it yet. So can we not talk about it? What? Why is that so hard to do? And I'll and as a grown up, I will have to say, okay, my, uh, you're right, my bad, sorry, because you're requesting me not to do something, so I will respect your request and not do it. Isn't that the way adults fucking work? Yeah. It no no one else does that in the world. Hey, uh, 
Does your uh, does your omelet have pork in it? Yeah, we put bacon. No, no, no! I don't want bacon. I can't eat bacon. Don't say bacon. Do, does anybody else do that in the fucking world? <laughs> fucking ridiculous. I'm with you. I'm okay, with you. but let me tell you this. Here's something. Uh, I don't know where this falls. When Mrs. Hall and I watch TV, um, we'll watch a few shows in a row on the DVR. Um, not always the same show. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. We're watching more than one thing in a row. When an episode ends and they do the next week on whatever, I personally I don't like to watch that. Me neither. She does. Same with Brooke. So I will put my fingers in my ears while that plays, and then she'll like tap me on the foot or whatever, like it's over, and then we'll go on to the next thing. Is and that, even is that though, okay? well, see, even though the act of putting your fingers in your ears may seem childish, right. the reason behind it could not be more adult. Right. You don't want to inconvenience her, right? And you're not going to get up out of the room. I, I bet sometimes though you do. You're like, well, I got to go to the bathroom. So you get yeah, up and go to the right. Eating, I'll go do dishes while exactly. Yeah. So it's not you don't always sit there like a child with your fingers in your ear. But you respect each other enough. Like I don't. I would rather not watch them, but I honestly don't care. And I usually try to stop it. And Brooke goes, "No scenes, scenes, scenes." <laughs> and I'm like, "Okay, let's watch the scenes." But yeah, because I don't want shit to be spoiled uh, a week and and and. But you know what? And this is my proof. This you know, obviously, this is my thesis that I've just. That I've just spelled out here. Uh-huh. Here's proof of why I'm right. I watched The Good Wife, what, five, six seasons? Uh-huh. And I had no idea that they were going to kill Mr. Joss Charles. Uh-huh. I had no idea he wanted to leave the show. I had no idea he was going to. I had no idea they were going to kill him off mid-season. Yeah. And it wasn't, honestly, it was spoiled for me, but only like two hours before, honestly, because Kate Kulzik tweeted something about it. <laughs> I was looking at Twitter and she just, and even to her, to her uh, credit, she said, she tweeted, OMG, it was something like, OMG, T, TGW, I can't believe that, or amazing, or whatever. So I even had to think, TGW, what is that? And yeah. it, it struck me and I said, and I looked at Brooke and said, something crazy is going to happen on The Good Wife tonight. Yeah. And then it was that, which is probably the biggest thing to ever happen on that fucking show. You know, right? It's probably the biggest shocker, the biggest event ever on that yeah. show, especially considering how far reaching it was. But I loved it. And I didn't have to put my fingers in my ears. I didn't have to be a child. And everyone around the world who watches The Good Wife loved it. Spoiled or not, it was great. It was great TV. And if you're, the TV you're making cannot survive a spoiler, then it's not worth watching. Same with your movie. Like, I could spoil five or six things in Room. Uh-huh. And still, there'd be a hundred other things not spoiled that make that movie great. Right? I'm with you. Okay. I like it that I get to preach to the choir here. Because it means I'm right. Yep. 100% of the people in this room agree. Yep. All right. Let's talk about Superstore. I could not have been more disappointed. And I've watched bad shows that I wanted to be good before. Yeah. This is the first time I watched a show... And saw why it wasn't good and how they blew it. Because all the elements are there. Okay, well, let me ask you this then. Yes. Because because I agree with you, it wasn't good. But because all the elements are there, which I also agree with, mm-hmm. do you think this show could get good? Well, I watched the second episode <laughs> just because, for that reason. And also, our friend Josh Fadum was in the second episode. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he had a big part. He was very funny. And Eliza, what's her name? Eliza Coop? Is that her name? Oh, yeah, yeah. She was in it too. Because I think it's uh, 
the same the, dude. The from cast is phenomenal. Right? The, I mean, Mark McKinney, Ginsburg, America Ferrara, Colton Dunn is one of my favorites. Okay. He's hysterical. Johnny Pemberton. Johnny Pemberton, who I didn't even know was on the show, who was very funny. He was. He and Mark McKinney were the funniest parts of the, the pilot. Yeah, and there was certainly funny stuff in there, and even in the second episode. The problem with the show, and you'll know what I'm talking about if you've watched it, is... They want it to be realistic, so they shoot it in a Target or a Walmart right. or something, and it's all done single camera. Yeah. That's the mistake. Because if you watch the show, it, it's obvious they want to make it clear, this is like a Walmart, but it's like a fucked up Walmart. It's a Walmart where nobody gives a shit. Right, yeah. Kids are sitting in the middle of aisles by themselves yes. or put in play pens and left alone. People are sleeping on the... Beds that are out uh, to look at. The guy's doing his laundry in the like, <laughs> right, play. and nobody Which gives a fuck because those aren't actually hooked up to. A yeah, there's no water, right? right? <laughs> and maybe he bought a bucket and poured yeah. it in there and some soap. And so, and and like, you know, history of television has taught us that's like a new thing. Like Glee is the worst show ever, <laughs> and Thirty Rock, it, it, you know, that at, at NBC people are doing crazy shit. So it's okay that that happens, but then. They set up this world, and unfortunately, it doesn't pay off. It doesn't go far enough. They, By being a single camera, they rein it all in that it's more reality-based. And because you're looking, when you're watching it, you know, the wall goes on forever, like in a Target or a Walmart. Uh-huh. You know, you're looking behind these people, and you're seeing, like, fucking half a mile behind them. It's so clearly done, you know, on a realistic uh, set, on, you know, what is it called? Practical set? Yeah. And it fucking ruins it because the the idea that they're on a realistic, practical set in reality, but they're playing the unreality. The best example is the end of the fucking first episode. I, I'm so with you because that Made was that, zero sense. That that payoff of him having stuck the glow, glow stars all over was great emotionally. It yeah. totally worked, but. You're right, because it set up this realistic thing. I can't get out of my head. How was he... Like, how did he do that for the whole Impossible. Story? Made no fucking sense. And it's like, unless they, like, did some sort of flashback to him, like... I don't know, putting them on the end of, like, a fishing pole and, like, surreptitiously yeah. doing it when no one's looking. Like, they... It's the kind of thing you have to explain. It's like the, uh... Um... Poisoning of Brock on Breaking Bad. <laughs> you know, that they never explain... Mm. Or they never... Satisfactorily explained how Walter was able how he to, got it into him. Uh, it was able to actually right. poison uh, Brock. Like that still kind of sticks with me. Like I don't want it to. Yeah, but it's well. Luckily, they were able to get around it because the reveal at the end of that was so powerful. Like because we all had just thought, oh, Brock's sick. But once it was revealed that uh-huh. ac- actually Walter poisoned him. Yeah, yeah. That was such a powerful. I mean, because that was a turning point in the series. Obviously, it was showed Walter's not the guy we think he is. He's the opposite of that guy. Yeah. And he becomes that from then on. I think that was so powerful, we all went, holy shit! And nine out of ten of us didn't ask the question that you ask. How did that happen, though? Yeah. How did he fucking do that? And you and he notice how they fix it later on when he poisons what's-her-name? He basically says, hi, I poisoned you. This is how I did it. I put <laughs> yeah, it in a fake. Exactly. <laughs> he tells her exactly what's up. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you're right. And, uh, and in, yeah, so this is... That, in this uh, case, it doesn't... It does. It's so unsatisfactory... Unsatis... What's the word? It's so unsatisfactory, it fucking ruins the beautiful moment that you want to enjoy. Because those two actors are actually quite good, and they have a good chemistry. Yeah. If it was... It's like The Office. 
and which isn't even a, a, a multi-camera. They do single camera very well, but clearly that office is fucked. Everyone, almost everyone who works there is an idiot. Uh-huh. Kevin is practically retarded. I mean, he's a bookkeeper, but he makes up numbers to balance the books. He's basically committing fraud uh-huh. the entire run of the show that he's been doing that, we find out. Right? Yeah. We I, find I, out... I, I oh, you didn't watch The Office. Yeah. I watched it for like five years. But it was in the last season that oh, we find okay. out he's been doing that. So, shit like that. But you accept that's the reality of that office, partly because Michael, who's in charge, is also dumb and it trickles down. But it's not... Uh, it's not a big thing. It's a tiny office where they sell paper. You can get along with everyone being stupid there. Whereas this giant sh- sh- shopping center, and we're only shown like what a fifth of the employees. Clearly, there's a million yeah. other people who work there that we yeah. don't know about. And how does anything get done in this big place? It strains credulity, and it's no good. If it was just on a set, and they showed us, well, like news radio is probably the best example. Clearly, there were more than just these seven people working at this <laughs> radio station. Yeah, that's a good example. There's more than two yeah. on-air personalities at this fucking news radio station. And there's zero reason for the owner to be there every day. But it's a fucking <laughs> ridiculous place. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And they, show, and, and they showed us... I mean, it was like a play. I remember when I went to see it. It was just like a play. You know, to the left was the break room, uh-huh. and then you had the, the the office, the bullpen, and then you had Dave's office. And shit that was shot somewhere else, like an insert, we watched it on the video. Uh-huh. And that's the way a good sitcom goes. And when you want your sitcom to be ridiculous like this, you know, Dirty Rock, same way. It's all small. You know what I mean? Even though that's a it's a it's a single camera. It's tiny, her tiny office. Jack's office, you know what I mean? They're rarely in a big in a big area. But I think I'm still so uh, enamored of the idea of doing a sitcom that actually takes place in one of these uh, super stores, one of these yeah. big box stores, that I I want to believe that it can fix itself. Well, the, I watched but the second episode. Is I watched cool. half of the second episode, and there was some good stuff in there. Like I said, Eliza Coop was a reporter from the what's the name of the show? Cloud Nine, the yeah. name of the store. She worked for the Cloud Nine magazine. Uh, Stratus is that what it's. Stratus. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So she worked for Stratus, the Cloud9 magazine, (laughs) and Josh was the photographer. And Colton Dunn, who's in a wheelchair on the show, he says, man, don't let that guy find me. He's like, why? He's like, oh, if they see a black guy in a wheelchair, I'm going to definitely be on the cover. And they go through (laughs) the covers of the old magazine. It's like an old guy in crutches, (laughs) an old blind lady. It's fucking funny. And that's a joke. And it happens. Josh Fadum's looking around, and he sees him. He goes... Hey, can I talk to you for a minute? <laughs> and Colin's like, oh shit. And he runs away. And that was pretty funny. That's funny. But it, it's all kind of like dampened by the fact that, you know, it looks the way it does and it doesn't feel right. I, and same with Johnny Pemberton, you know, and his girlfriend is saying, well, this is the only jingle. It's probably the only jingle that has the word, you know, ass in it or whatever she says to him. You know, okay. when and that's in the most famous. Yeah, it's in the, he's writing a jingle to win okay. a contest, and it's like, yes, he's not going to win a jingle contest. <laughs> he's a rapper, and he's terrible at rapping. Yeah, oh, I love his proposal in the first episode. His like flash, like flash mob proposal where he raps and then like apparently forgets that the whole point is he was supposed to right. just starts like self promoting like his right. mixtape or whatever. He's yeah, and he doesn't wait for her answer. <laughs> yeah, and then I also I guess this is a thing now, but when he goes. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that always makes me laugh. <laughs> um, okay, well, I, I keep saying that I think that I want to hope it'll 
it can find its footing. But uh, what network is this on? I forget. Now. It's on NBC. Uh, NBC clearly doesn't believe in it. No, that's until, why they put it on so late. And, until you picked it last week, I'd never heard of it. Yeah, like I, I pay attention somewhat to shows that are coming out, especially well, with a cast like this. And I when you're no watching idea. the scenes and whatever, you see ads for other shows coming, and okay, yeah. and they do that all the time. But uh, yeah, even when you're fast forwarding, you see, oh, what's that show? But nothing. There was nothing about yeah. Superstore. Yeah. And I remember when when we talked about it back in the day, I thought, wow, what an amazing cast. What a great idea. This hasn't really been done before, like shot in a show about a big yeah. box show like that. So there's a lot of fucking, you know, a lot of material there for sure. Um, Brooke was saying it needed to be more like Check It Out, which is, I'm sure, a show you don't remember. I don't remember. It was an early original USA show. Maybe okay. the first original USA show. Um, but it starred Don Adams. And it was it was set in a supermarket, but oh, it was clearly talk, a set. I think you've talked about this before. Yeah, because um, because they eventually Tim and Eric paid tribute to it when they did that sitcom that Steve Brule starred in uh-huh. called Bag Boy or whatever. Yeah, that's what you were talking about. Yeah, because he went from Check It Out with Steve uh-huh. Brule to this sitcom where he played a bag boy in a supermarket, and it was clearly uh, making a reference. A check ver- it out in joke. Yeah, a very weird uh, Check It Out in joke. But Check It Out was, you know, it was a dumb sitcom, but it, you know, it was realistic in the set. Like I remember shots showing the entire store, like a wide shot of the entire store, and thinking, ah, this is the world where this show takes place. It's all weird. The fact that they were outside in the carts. There's a fucking dude whose legs don't work in a cart, and they're pushing him. Have you ever gotten into a shopping cart before and been pushed? No. Why? I don't know. Why would you not do that? Uh, because there's no brakes? Yeah, it's fucking dangerous. <laughs> it ends one way and one way only, with the fucking cart tipping over and you falling out and hurting yourself. Why do you think that's what the jackass guys are famous for? Uh-huh. Shopping carts is their bread and butter. So... You know, I get wanting to be dangerous and being in a shopping cart, but if you don't have fucking legs, working legs, that's the last place. There's a lot of things that uh, happen on the show that would get people fired and potentially sued. <laughs> yes. Shot off a shotgun. Yes, which had real bullets in it. <laughs> yeah. It was clear. She shot it into and, the air. And, and pieces of the ceiling. Yeah, yeah. You can't get away with that. And, and she kept on working there. And again, it's like, okay... Like when, you know, on Glee, when they're throwing slushies on everyone in the first season, my first thought is, uh, you can't do that. That's You're going to jail. You just assaulted a child. You're an educator who just assaulted a child by throwing something in their face. You'll be lucky if you don't go to prison. But it made it clear to me, oh, this is a really shitty public school in the heartland where a bunch of fucking idiots live. It's like, it's, it's like The Simpsons, basically. It's a it's a non realistic world, but when you make it such a realistic world, it, it there's a fucking disconnect there, and it's not broad enough, and it's just not funny. And I don't know. It's it makes me a little sad that I've watched enough TV that I know why the show doesn't work, uh-huh. and I can't just enjoy the jokes and Johnny Pemberton and shit. But sorry, I mean Dr. Ken, same way. I would love to watch that show and tell all my friends on it how great it is, but it's not. It's just a fucking bad show. People love it, though, so more power to them. Um, All right, anything else about that before we move on? Nope. All right, so trivia last week, the question was about Lauren Cohan, and uh, someone pointed out that your guess was a bad guess because you guessed Supernatural, but I said it was a show that wasn't on anymore. Uh, Well, that person misheard me then. Didn't you say Supernatural? No, I said Roswell. 
Oh, okay. So it's not Supernatural or Roswell. Well, there you go. But the answer was Chuck. The show that Lauren Cohen was on where she was super hot and she actually had an English accent was Chuck. Um, and uh, Jen Edwards, our friend Jen Edwards, got it right. And if I'm not mistaken, her husband is named Chuck. So that was one of go. her favorite shows. So shout out to Jen and Chuck and their kid. Excuse me. I just, if you just heard that, I burped. Excuse I, me. Everyone heard that. Yeah? Oh, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm very sorry. It's been a busy day. Um, so, Jen, congratulations. If I get another cool Grim shirt or something else that uh, you guys like, I'll send it to you. I'll say this about Jen. Uh, she is a hardcore nerd in the in the good way yeah. because there, there's this picture of her on her Facebook page wearing a dress that she made out of Comic Con bags. Oh, that's, that's right. Awesome. How yeah. fucking cool is that? That's very cool. So uh, I'll send you a prize when I get one. Um, what is the question this week, David? Well, one <clears throat> one thing we haven't mentioned about Superstore mm-hmm. is that it is uh, continues the tradition of bad or soon-to-be short-lived sitcoms set in St. Louis, Missouri, my hometown. Uh, <laughs> That's got, funny. I didn't even notice I, that. I looked it up. The Baxters from uh, late 70s or the 80s lasted two seasons. I right. I didn't know that. Um, what is uh, Making the Grade with that, George Went? Pre-Cheers George Went, right? That was a, a teacher show. He was the gym yeah. teacher. I think it was L- Lynn Redgrave? No, 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 no. James Naughton. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it was right before Cheers. Um, there was On Our Own, which is the one that all the Smollett uh, kids were on. Yeah, the kid who's now on Empire. He yeah. was on it. That was where the their uncle dressed up like a woman to because only a woman can take care of six orphaned kids. <laughs> uh, There's a show I've never heard of called uh, Someone Like Me that lasted five episodes in uh, spring of 94. Who's on it? Um, it doesn't even... Hold on. Uh, Gabby Hoffman I guess she would have been a kid then oh. was the biggest name oh no Patricia Heaton was on it too was Linda Lavin also on it no okay I think that was when yeah Nicky I've... Cox wow I am... five episodes in 94 it must have been horrible um, is that um, what's the soul man oh I wasn't supposed to say the soul man that's the fucking answer <laughs> oh wait you know what because I can change was that the, the one with Dan Aykroyd Soul Man uh, with Dan Aykroyd? No, I, um, I, no, that's Soul Man. This is The Soul Man. Okay, I can change it. And then, okay. of course, there was Work It. Okay. Wait, Work It? Oh, yes. the, the... The one that lasted two episodes. Dress Up Like a Chick show. Um, okay. That's weird. Now, there's two shows set in St. Louis where dudes dressed up yeah, like women. I think it's more of a... That's just such a happening thing that it was probably... But why St... Oh, you're saying yeah. there that... <laughs> a lot of shows do that. Eventually. Okay. okay. The Soul Man. Uh-huh. Which has been renewed for a fifth and final season okay, on TV Land. Yeah. Right? That's the Cedric the Entertainer show. Cedric the Entertainer show. Yeah. Uh, we'll make it, with a five with five seasons, we'll make it the longest-running St. Louis set, sitcom. What is the previous, with four seasons, the previous uh, title holder for longest-running sitcom set in St. Louis? At four seasons. Longest-running sitcom set in St. Louis... Missouri. Uh-huh. Is that how you say it? No. St. Louis is in the same Missouri. Really? Yeah. Who says Missouri? People further south. Closer oh, okay. to Arkansas. The, uh, this, the other people. The others. Um, I'm just have to venture a guess and say... Hmm, I'm trying to think of all the shows where I don't know where they live. Family Ties was Ohio. Cheers was Boston, obviously. Yeah, and, I'll say this. It's a workplace sitcom. Not a domestic sitcom, if that helps. So it takes okay. place at the workplace, like Superstore. 
and it has to be have one that was on a long time. Four, four seasons. Four seasons. I want to guess something. I don't want to say I don't know. I want to make a guess. Um, let's go with. Geez, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. I can't come up with anything. Oh, yeah. And that was a good show, too. It was good for a season. Oh, and then it got bad. Well, you know what? It was well, this, good. I mean, okay, yeah. This will give it away, I guess. No, no, no. no let's not no. give it away. Because you're right. It was good for the first season. Then they changed it to make it more user-friendly. And then it was ruined. Yeah. Just like It's Your Move. Same same idea. Where'd they live on It's Your Move? I don't know. Okay. I could look it up. Someone, Asian Kyle asked me a great trivia question about It's Your Move. Uh, and maybe I'll... I'll ask it next week. Oh, but speaking of Asian Kyle, he he asked. A, we were talking about The Walking Dead, and he sent me an okay. email, and he oh, said, "Oh, so how you were wrong about the balloons?" Well, a lot of people did. Okay, you, even uh, Tom Griffin sent me a text explaining to me about the balloons. It so was you nice just enough. weren't paying attention? No, okay. clearly I was not. Um, I don't even know what it's your move is. It was a that was Jason Bateman's first show. Oh, a sitcom. Okay, yeah, all right. It was great. It. it was one of the best shows ever. Uh, but Asian Kyle said, which would you rather be? Now, uh, Van Nuys is where it's your move to. Okay. Place. Would you rather be, now assuming that, let's let's say Tandy doesn't ever meet anyone else on okay. Last Man on Earth. Right. And he really is the Last Man on Earth, or at least in the first episode. Who would you rather be? Tandy going around foraging for food and being by himself, not knowing what's up, and maybe having, you know... To not just basically meeting the unknown, or would you rather be his brother, who can live up there for quite a while, uh-huh. um, but he may be there forever, and he will never find anything new. You know, he will never have any new experience at all. Who would pick the brother? Obviously, Tandy. You got way more. Options. That's what I say. But Asian Kyle and his wife had a discussion about it. He said. If the world ended, he'd rather one of the, I don't remember which picked which, but he said if the world ended, they, you'd be better off up there with all the food at your disposal and, you know, well, being. But Tandy also has all the food at his disposal. Well, we didn't know that at the time. And it's not all the food. They got to eat out. They don't have fresh stuff. Neither does he have fresh stuff in space. But still, it's, you know, it's, it's all, it's all there. So I'm saying you don't have to worry about anything. You can basically just sit up there and accept your fate. Well, I'm going to die. And, you know, and just live and relax. Gonna, and you say he has a lot of food, but he's not going to die of old age up there. Like No, eventually, yes. He's going to starve. But, for, but he, it was, it's a space shuttle. I mean, it's a space station. It's not a rocket ship. It's meant to be lived in for a long time. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't see any situation where you want to be Jason Sudeikis' character. Okay, well, I just wanted to throw that out there. Because the other thing is, if I'm on Earth, I can start a generator. Even if it's just me, I can start a generator... And watch DVDs and Blu-rays, right? <laughs> Maybe. Well, as we saw, you know, the, obviously the world's going to run out of gas even faster because there's nowhere to get it, uh-huh. and it expires too, as we saw in that in the this yeah, season. Yeah, they figured out how to hook up solar panels. I'd, fi- I'd figure that out. Yeah, uh, you're pretty smart. All right. Uh, okay, so uh, if you know what the answer is to this trivia question, send it to Paul at thekingoftv.com, and thekingoftv.com is a great website with jokes and. Funny games to play and pictures of me and famous people. And uh, uh, at Paul Goebel Show is my Twitter. And you can be my friend on the Facebook. Um, 
And uh, um, I guess that's it for me. I was trying to think of anything new coming up, but no, I've told you anything. Uh, and David? You can find me at BattleshipPretension.com. That's where my movie uh, reviews and the movie podcast Battleship Pretension is, as well as all kinds of other stuff, uh, including this podcast. Uh, you can email me at David at BattleshipPretension.com, and you can and should follow me on Twitter at Davey Pretension. Um, all right. So moving on to Adventure Time. This is probably the first episode I watched that I liked a lot, that I liked more than I hated. <laughs> that's interesting. I, yeah, I thought this was a fantastic episode, and I don't know why it was a half hour. I don't know if that's... I, not, not a complaint, but um, I was surprised. I liked it mainly because I like BMO. Who doesn't like BMO? Right, and I think that's... I mean, it's funny to listen to the way he talks. His accent makes me laugh. And I like other robots and how they have accents, or at least distinctive way of talking... And I, I don't know, I kind of like the whole Mo idea with robots being built and then this guy was evil and, and they were fighting and how, and then BMO's existential journey, you know, was he a grown up, you know, computer now? I thought that was all good. The only thing I will say that I didn't like about the show was the ending. It just ended so abruptly, you know, BMO's giving his little speech and then the different colors of the yeah. spectrum come up around him. But it just seemed like it didn't end abruptly at all. Like he, I, that, I, that, that speech is so is such a great summation of everything, um, and the the idea, and, and, and actually putting a pin on what uh, the show's idea of what it means to get older, and that, that's mm. something that is poignant, uh, I think, to um, adults, but also probably very immediate to to the kid uh, audience. Yeah, who, like a birthday, you know. Me going from 32 to 33 is like, you know, it's not that big a deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the same person. But going from 14 to 15, 15 to 16. even younger, the kids who watch, you know, going from 9 to 10, 10 to 11. Grade school to middle school. Yeah, that's it. It's a big change. um, And having those questions about uh, the positives and negatives of getting older and also of becoming your own person. You know, not because, you know, as you get older... You know, kids, uh, we were just talking about this, like, uh, with my wife and I, like, I was like, uh, you know, my nephew's about to have, um, he's two years old, about to have a, you know, Christmas, his, like, third Christmas or whatever. Okay. Um, And I was like, maybe I'll get him some cool, like, Star Wars stuff. And she was like, well, like, I hate when parents, like, or people, like, force, like, their cultural tastes on kids. But I'm like, my point of view is, like, until he's old enough to decide for himself... No one, he, you know, he's he's, yeah. he's gonna like what people say he likes, just like I did. I loved football when I was three years old because my dad did. That I mean, I still watch football now, but that didn't carry over. Right. You you become your own person over time, and that's a natural process. But it doesn't mean that it's not there's not uh, angst and and sort of pain attached to it. Okay. And I love that that speech uh, addressed that and ended positively. Okay. Well, maybe because I don't watch the show, I didn't I didn't buy into it. So much I wasn't as invested in his speech or his character growing or whatever. I expected uh, a more honestly. I expected more from the Finn and Jake storyline. I expected a better ending to that. Uh, what was going on with them? But yeah, but it was definitely Bemo's story. It was Bemo's episode. Yes, it's, my favorite it, part. Most episodes these days aren't Finn and Jake episodes anymore. That's fine. I think that's okay. They just did a whole eight part 
miniseries about Marceline. I mean, Finn and Jake were in it, but it was all a Marceline thing. Well, I think they're realizing people love the other characters so much that's like, okay, Marceline fans, here's some stuff for you. And, yeah, okay. and I'm a big Marceline fan. And I love the Marceline-Princess Bubblegum uh, relationship, which I don't know if you heard this, that um, uh, uh, Olivia Olsen, um, who voices Marceline, said that um, the... The implication is supposed to be that back some weird, like thousands of years in the past, because uh-huh. they're both really old, Marceline and Princess Bubblegum were a couple. They were like Ooh. in a romantic relationship, and now they're good friends. Um, and there are certain reasons they can't go into that on the show. But, like, <laughs> it's interesting to keep that. Uh, keep okay. That in mind. Yeah, obviously, anyway, if, if you if you enjoy the world of the show, you're going to enjoy it more. The best part of the whole show was. I don't remember exactly what he said, but when Finn said, that sounds grizz as... What did he say? That grizz sounds, is nuts. That sounds grizz as nuts. I could not stop laughing. <laughs> and I understand he says that kind of shit all the time. Yeah. But man, it made me laugh. Grizz as nuts. Oh, the thing that made me laugh, because <laughs> Bimo's so cute and has such a cute voice, yeah. is when Bimo gets mad and yells at Amo and says, Amo, <laughs> look at my face. You've gone too far. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, and he says, and it, it, he doesn't just say things funny. He says funny things yeah. because obviously English is his second language. And that's uh, I, uh, I will say that's it, it. It enlightened me as to why the show is so is so popular. A big part of it is voice uh, voice acting. Uh-huh. The you know they obviously put a lot of time into getting the right voice actors doing the right voice, like John DiMaggio. I mean, the guy obviously does has done a ton of voices yeah. on some major shows. But even that, the fact that, you know, Bender and Jake sound similar, they still sound very distinct from yeah. each other. You know, Bender is a different... If he were to do Bender and then do Jake, I would know the, the difference yeah, in the yeah. two voices. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and stuff like that is a big deal. And, you know, it's not like the old days when Casey Kasem did 20 voices on cartoons and they all sound like Casey Kasem. You know, or any of those guys from the old days. Now, getting actual actors and comedians and singers and you know people outside the voiceover world uh, yeah. to do this stuff is pretty. It's pretty great, and I think all I think part of that is because so many big, uh, like big budget animation like movies have great yeah. voice acting in it. So when it comes time to make a TV version of that show or even just a TV cartoon. You have to, you know, you have to man up. You have to get really good talent to do it. Um, but it was a pretty good show, so I'm not mad that you made me watch it because it was a good episode to watch. Um, we yeah. watched one. It's funny because we watched one thing that was pretty much you watch it and go, yeah, it's bad, it's done wrong, uh-huh. and you watch this the adventure time and go, good job, uh, you guys did it, you hit the hit the mark. So it's not really any deep insights, I guess. I think I. Offered up the deep insights already about the show. I don't know. Um, Maybe just because I'm an old man, it just. I got the analysis out of the way. Mostly it was really funny, I think. This is a funny yeah. episode. I love that Bimo's idea of what it means to be a grown up is that he. One of the things is that he can dr- now drive himself to the playground. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's still going to go to the playground. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was all funny. And yeah, and I guess, and like. I found it weird. Like I was like, "Will kids even enjoy this episode?" Because it is longer, and the scenes between Bimo and the Big Mo, whatever the Al- Almo, Almo, 
was weird. And then seeing that robot with the big chunk taken out of him was a little weird. And then you saw how it happened was yeah. almost scary. There's a lot of dark stuff on yeah. Adventure Time. I think they've realized that their audience skews a little older now and they've gotten uh, they've gotten away with some stuff. Yeah. Definitely. I think so. All right. Well, two good episodes. Well, I mean, one good episode of a show and one good example of a show that's no good. Uh, we'll see if that if that continues. Maybe it'll get better. We were watching the first episode, and, and Brooke was like, wow, this is terrible. Are you going to watch the second one? And I said, well, I'm reminded of a little show called The Mindy Project. If you go back and watch the first two, three episodes of that show, uh-huh. it's not great, but it's so very different than the show it has become. And I was just reading an interview, and Mindy said... Uh, you know, her and Danny are going to break up. Uh-huh. And that's such a big deal. I mean, it was a huge deal that in, what, the third season of the show, she gets pregnant? Well, first of all, they, they finally give in to the, you know, the dramatic tension, the sexual tension, which is generally a bad thing to do on a show. You know, it sometimes will ruin the show, like Cheers or Moonlighting, okay. when, when the two leads don't have sexual tension anymore. But she's like, no, we're going to go for it 100%. They're going to start dating, and I'm going to get pregnant. People love a pregnancy on a show, but they hate a baby. So that's a huge step. Uh-huh. And for Mindy, of all char- all characters, Mindy Lahiri, to have a baby makes zero sense. <laughs> but the way they do it is funny. And like her trying to be a mom and a baby and stuff. And she's like, it's actually the most realistic version I've ever seen. Because she doesn't know what the fuck she's doing. Huh. And uh, But she gets it done. And it's pretty great. And then she's all the relatives come in and stuff. But now she's like, yep, we're moving forward now. We're going to break up. Because they've already said, Danny has said, I want you to quit your job and be a mom. And she not only has not quit, she started like two other businesses. Uh-huh. So they're obviously at odds and they've never gotten married either. And that's a big deal. So, you know, obviously a show can write itself if, uh, I mean, R I G H T like a boat. Yes. <laughs> if you have somebody, you know, luckily Mindy Kaling had enough control and enough foresight to go, no, 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 we need to re rewire this. I don't see that happening on superstore. Do you, like I said, I don't mostly because I don't think NBC is going to give it the time. They're yeah. clearly not invested in the show. Yeah, and Fox wants to be known for that, giving shows time to to fail. Well, because they had such a long history of not doing that. <laughs> yes. Uh, what Indirect Controls the Universe, The Tick, Firefly, Family Guy. Oh yeah. Maybe a little <laughs> yeah. show they call Family Guy, which I heard they brought back, oh, and yeah? it's been doing okay <laughs> since they brought it back. So it yeah. Out. Well, and especially these days, my friend Mike Bridenstine sent me a note on Facebook. It said, "There's too many shows on TV, right?" <laughs> he was just venting, and I said, "It's true though, uh, because I mean, it's not because if you took out all the shows on Netflix and Hulu and all that shit, there would still be too many shows on TV because there's more channels and nothing ever gets canceled." I mean, what's one show has been canceled this fall, right? It's almost fucking Christmas. Wicked City is the only show that got canceled. Everything else, at least they showed all of them. You know, they showed all the episodes and they may not bring it back. But, like I was reading, something didn't get picked up. But still, they're showing every fucking episode, unlike the old days. Show one episode of Lone Star, Yank It. You know, Wicked City was the only one, I guess, that was so terrible. Two episodes of Work It. They really didn't give that one a chance. <laughs> didn't give it a chance. No. Uh, uh, yeah, I think because the bottom line is because, you know, in the old days, they'd want you, uh, if a show didn't keep the show that was in front of it, keep the numbers, they would yank it and show a rerun of something that they know people would watch. 
Whereas now, because it does take some time for people to watch a show, it's possible for people to go, oh, I want to check out Last Man on Earth. Right. And they will go back and watch from the beginning. You don't want to cancel it too soon. So, uh, yeah, man, hard to be in TV these days, right? I, I guess so. I'm I feel a- bad for those TV executives. They have a hard job. Yeah. All right. Uh, so next week, David's gone. Where are you going to be? Uh, Big Bear. Going to be at Big Bear, looking at, at all the bears up there. <laughs> That would be great. No, there's just the one. It's just really big. Oh, I thought it was a bunch of little bears that looked like one big oh, bear. Oh, like a Voltron. Like, yeah, well, like you're far, far away and you're like, oh my God, it's a huge bear. But as you get closer, you see it's like a million different bears of know. different colors. Yeah. It's, what do they call it? It's a mosaic bear. There you go. <laughs> so my friend Danielle Radford will be here filling in for him. Oh. And uh, we haven't talked about what we're going to watch next week, but I'll send out a tweet so you can watch it and listen with us. And, and the week after that, we're in reruns, right? Is it? The Christmas. Because it's holidays? Yeah. So I think this is it for me for 2015. Because, well, no. We have to do the Xmas one on the 20th. That's our special Christmas podcast. Oh, you're right. I'm getting... That's yeah. right. It, then I the 27th it is when we're playing. So I will be back. Yeah, you'll be back in two weeks for your final... Okay. To, for our, our final show of 2015. Wait, should we announce what... Do you know what Christmas show you want to talk about yet? No, oh, okay. we'll talk about. We'll you announce know it. I do. Yeah, we'll announce I've it at the end of. Year. We'll announce it at the end of next week's episode. So yeah, I already know yours, so we're good. No, you don't know mine unless you. Oh, that's that right. Piece well, of paper. I I think I might have looked at it, but I also <laughs> I also forgot. I, wasn't it another West Wing? Oh no, was it another West Wing? No. Okay, and it wasn't The Sopranos because you did that the first year. Yeah, it wasn't that. I don't remember. I'm surprised that you. Wow, you. I think you have a problem. You're having a good memory? No. I don't get high all the time. (laughs) No. You have a problem with, like, you make a decision of the way things need to be, and you refuse to deviate from that that schedule in your mind. Like, the way we talk about the show. We have to talk about Superstore first, and we have to talk about Adventure second. Like, let's say one year, one week, I just switched it up, and I just steamrolled you, Uh and, and did a... Out of order. You would be bothered forever, wouldn't you? No, not forever. I'd get over it real quick. I don't think you would. But I'm just the kind of person who, when I say I'm going to watch this, I'm going to watch this. <laughs> Hello, shoppers. Welcome to Car. Special today, Rachel Mellon's Two for a Dollar. Ain't it a pity when you're living in a city and a fucker need a grocery store? Stand there.